Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And today feels like a little bit of homecoming in addition to a little bit of a, it's about time we finally got to meet and connect in person. So with that, I'm very much looking forward to our conversation today with two business owners who are really knocking out of the park as it relates to B2B and other businesses. Backcourt Marketing, Megan Ferguson, she is the owner, and Caitlin Penny, who is the brand expert and CEO for Copper Theory Creative. Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio X. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to have both of you. And I had said to Megan, I see your name in a lot of places. We're destined to meet. So I'm very excited about our conversation day. When we kick this off, I just want to write. <laughs> Caitlin's giving her a thumbs up. I want to make sure that we just have you introduce yourselves and get started with who are you professionally? Who is the company that you represent and, and your own? It's your baby, right? And uh, the kinds of clients and customers that you work with. And then we'll do the backstory and all, all that good stuff as well. So I'm looking at both of you. Who wants to rock, paper, scissor and go first? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's Caitlin. It's always Caitlin. <laughs> all right. Hi, everyone. My name is Caitlin Penny. I am the brand expert at Copper Theory Creative. I own the company and we... We specialize in personal branding and social media. Basically, what that means is we're a full-service marketing agency, and I have a bunch of great people that we are working with, and we like to help you up-level from that DIY success approach to marketing and take the next step. Is there something wrong with DIY? Oh, well, no. There's nothing wrong <laughs> oh, with teasing. DIY, but when it comes to a point... That DIY makes you look like an amateur. Right. I'm sorry. No, I, I agree. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you're serious about your business and it's not a hobby, mm -hmm. then you got to kick it up a notch. Right. That was a that was a question that was lobbed at you on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So good. So thank you. Yeah. I look forward to learning more. Megan, how about you? All right. Yeah. I'm Megan and I own Backcore Marketing and uh, we help business owners and marketers make social media easy because it's pretty hard. <laughs> But, you know, we're a full-service social media marketing agency who can take over the content creation. We schedule it out, and we work on growing your pages and your online visibility consistently using customized strategies. And, yes, it's my baby. I've been doing it for five, maybe six years. I've lost count. But, you know, we're going strong. We, Kayla and I partner together on all kinds of projects, and branding and social media go hand-in-hand. Hand. They're necessary for each it's other wonderful. to do well. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what it's all about. I love that. How long have you two been working together approximately? A couple of years now, I think. Yeah. To the exact date. But it was like during COVID. We yes. Yes. We linked up. We linked up at a terrible. Yes. You uh, can say uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> we linked up at a terrible networking group. Yeah. Um, so something good came out of the group. Yes. Yes. But yeah. That's what yeah we, we parted ways with yeah. that. And now we're going to better ones and doing more of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. Uh, and yet you both have some clients that you represent on your own mm -hmm. and then do a lot of work collectively as well. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when it makes sense for branding and social media to come together, a lot of times we've put together packages that work for the business owner we're working with. Sometimes they need to start with branding. 
there's only so much they can do social media wise if they don't mm. have a good brand in place. So I often need Caitlin to put that together so that the work that I do for them is successful and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah, we when I say we're a full service marketing agency, that does not mean that I do everything myself. So having Megan as a partner is super wonderful. Mm-hmm. And when we can fig- help you define a personal brand or the branding first, and then we can continue the digital marketing adventure. Uh, it always works better that way because we need to figure out we need to figure out what comes next and you know the phased out situation of everything that works the best. Yeah, totally. Awesome. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to have you tilt. I apologize we're not doing this. Oh. Just tilt the microphone yes. down a little bit lower so that I can be sure to to uh, hear your voice as well. This is better. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I want to hear your voice, <laughs> but I also want to see your lovely face, yes, too. And I wasn't, I wasn't getting that. Uh, gotcha. uh, so we have... Ellie joining us as well, and I'm excited about the opportunity to have Ellie with us. And Ellie is the owner of Creating Buzz PR, and we're going to welcome you to the conversation. I'm going to adjust microphones here, or excuse me, not only microphones, but also uh, videos as well. So give me a moment to do that. And uh, Ellie, we're going to have you introduce yourself. The the gals just simply introduce themselves, uh, who they are professionally, the little bit about their businesses, and then the type of clientele that they serve. And while you're having a chance to join us and do that, I'm going to stand up and make some adjustments. So our, our listeners and our viewers won't see that, but you guys, I just want you to be distracted. So welcome to the studio, Ellie. Thank you. So yeah, so Ellie. you're going to have to come right up on that microphone, real nice and tight. Um, yep, just right in there. There you go. Hi, I'm Ellie Lowney with Creating Buzz PR. So we do traditional and digital PR. PR isn't such a great word. I would say more publicity. We make companies and people famous. Okay. That was easy. I love it. <laughs> and how did the three of you get connected? How did we meet? Oh, we got um, Sean's company. Oh, yeah. Oh, Avonage. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Ago. All right. Yeah, and we've partnered up, too, on some projects and worked with some clients together because, likewise, social media needs to be a part of PR. PR needs to be a part of social media. And... One without the other often doesn't work out, and so right collaboration. Yeah, <laughs> collaboration does make a big difference. I know, Megan. Before we came on live, you had mentioned how I don't, you didn't use the word important, but how nice it's been to be kind of swimming in the Max Six pool and and being here. We find that there's a lot of collaborative effort that pops out of here. I mean, from from realtors to even the SciTech Institute and, and that sort of thing. It's just neat how when, like, we've got this puzzle table out there. I know you're familiar with that. Yeah. There's a puzzle table out in the lobby mm-hmm. area, and people just come and take their break and then work on a puzzle. And we had a show not too long ago with Max 6 uh, as the host. They have their show, uh, The Future of Work. And on that, we had some of our, our Max 6 members with SciTech Institute right, the foundation from Arizona Technology Council serving K-12 STEM education, talking about their organization and how they serve our community. And with us was also Rosalind, who's a a realtor, and she has now helped them with some education around other, you know, language-speaking students and families, and and this all happened at the puzzle table. So collaboration and community is key, and building relationships is important. To go back, if we can, for a moment, when you two were chatting a little bit about how you met and Mm -hmm. And this networking experience was not everything that you hoped it would be. And yet we're talking about collaboration and community. What makes for a good 
community and a good opportunity for collaboration, whether that's networking or a community workspace like this or whatever. From all three of you, what do you find works best when it comes to collaboration and building community? Well, I think that when I show up to a networking group or event or space or wherever it may be, I want to make sure that I'm there for the right reasons and that reason matches the reason for everyone else being there. I think you have to usually decide if it's a business decision or if it's a social decision. And if it's a business decision on your part and a social decision on everyone else's part, you're probably not going to get what you want out of it. So I have one heck of a strategy when it comes to networking. And first of all, I do a lot of research on the group before I show up. What are you looking for when you do that? Well, I want to know that we share the same reason why we're showing up. And then two, I want to know who the company is that's sponsoring the event, where the event is, what kind of people are showing up. And then I can decide, you know, maybe preliminary who I want to be speaking to. And that's not, that's, that's not status hunting, but it might give me a leg up and maybe some more confidence when I walk into the room. By this point, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> but and it's, strat- it's strategic. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not elitist. Yes. <laughs> it's strategic. It is. it is. And I always make sure to have an it thing. Quality over quantity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Speak to that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're a much better networker than me. I'm a natural oh. introvert. Networking doesn't come easy to me, but I know how important it is. And so being in a space like Max 6, you know, I've had my membership. In fact, you reminded me the other day I have a mailbox. <laughs> I found it for you. Don't yeah, worry. She's like, I found it. Oh, good. You'll have to <laughs> show me top, where it is. Top row. <laughs> see, what, see what kind of stacks of bills I have. I didn't check so, that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that Again, one Could you. you pay them? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's a very simple concept. What happens when you get out of your house and get in front of people and get out in the world. And there's been plenty of times, you know, especially since COVID, I've just Mm. fallen guilty to spending 12-hour days working at my desk. And of course, I'm getting all of that stuff done. But, you know, when you do that, business slows down naturally. Mm -hmm. But then when you get back up and you're out in the community, more opportunities open up. And so it's important to keep doing that. And it's not always easy. Like, you know, you have to make a commute and all of that. But I mean, I've seen just such a major difference in doing more of that. So that is one of my 2024 goals is to Mine too. get my Actually, face out there. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So these are two of our behind-the-scenes gals, in a sense, helping businesses with marketing and branding and social media. And Ellie, you help clients from the let's-put-you-out-there perspective. What would you say around community building and collaboration and placing ourselves in the in the right networking opportunities? How do you guide your clients in that direction? Hmm. I think that's a few questions. Um, Well, I agree with Caitlin. I think for all of us, there's so many networking opportunities in Phoenix, and you could just go to every one. But what I found with some of them, you do have to be strategic because you don't have that much time. And all of us are small business owners. So I would say in general, I mean, not to sound tough or anything, but we are looking for new clients or people that can refer new clients to us. So that would be entrepreneurs mid-sized companies that understand. I've gone to some networking things and people don't even know what PR is. And I should just say publicity, but PR is a big part of it once you get into events and things like that. So I think that's an important part of it because if you're in the wrong place, it doesn't do anyone any good. Right. Yeah. Could you take a moment to, is there, well, is there a difference between publicity and PR? Let's start there. Yeah. So PR it encompasses the whole thing. It's managing 
um, like your branding and helping people get that right. And then reputation management, crisis communications. So that would fall under PR. So really trying to create someone's reputation, say, you know, it's a medical expert and you want to create him as an expert in his field. So, and same with um, most large corporations, they all have a PR department and a lot of them also have an outside PR person. And so that's kind of like just handling all of their reputation, doing everything very strategically, whereas publicity is kind of a part of that, getting them in the media. Mm -hmm. And I focus on that a lot, but I think events are very powerful, and I think crisis communications is always something that you don't think about having till it happens, but... <laughs> totally. <laughs> I better be prepared, right? Yeah. yeah. Good. So the landscape when it comes to digital marketing and branding and just really having our business out there digitally, from what I've experienced, has just shifted and rapidly continues to evolve and change. Again, I'm not the expert. The three of you are. Could you talk a little bit about uh, digital meeting, media, digital marketing, and how does that translate into the work that you do with your clients? I don't know who'd like to start. Um, digital marketing is just such a big world encompasses all different types of strategies. And I know that as someone, when I started my business, I was trying to do all of it. And then I niched down to social media and then built partners in the areas that I was trying to do myself. And so, yeah, I mean, you have to collaborate, but 2024 is going to be an interesting year. I think there's a lot, there's obviously a lot going on in the world. As it is, you know, during election years, you have to make your voice louder than all of the noise mm. that's going on mm -hmm. um, and find ways to make your products, you know, still relevant and important to consumers. And I think that, you know, as far as messaging goes, there's going to be a shift towards a lot less of um, selling dreams, per se, and more so of having to put tangible elements to your services. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because people can relate to that better. And, you know, especially if you're in the B2B space, you really want to touch on the pain points of your customers and show that you understand them as a business owner. So I think that's what it's going to be a lot about in 2024 and what everything is shifting towards. I think that doing things social media-wise, that could look like sharing um, case studies, uh, proof of how you've helped your customers, sharing them in a carousel format that they could scroll through, putting large bits of information into reels that encourage people to replay them, um, because the Instagram algorithm now, by the way, is encouraging or they're counting replays of videos as an extra view. Mm -hmm. So that's good for your visibility. The more views you're getting, it's going to translate to everything else. So when you can make videos that are packed with information and people have to go back and replay it to get it all, that's going to help your page grow. Yeah. I'd like to stay with you for a second longer. Well, more than a second. <laughs> you don't have just a second to answer. You'd go, ah, <laughs> and that would be it. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes that you see people doing on social media? I mean, you've kind of alluded to a, a few of them, but what are you noticing? And, and, and then are there any suggestions as to how to shift that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen plenty. I'd say the most common ones are mainly consistency. 
Um, if you fall off the boat and don't post for a month or so, and then you try to get back on it, it is harder to get engagement. You will see lower engagement rates. You do have to work harder to get that going again. Mm -hmm. And then something I see frequently is what I call the post and ghost strategy. <laughs> so they, they put it out there. But you have to actually, if you want to get engagement in return, you have to go and engage with other accounts. So that means showing up in the conversations, whether it's uh, Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, or going on Instagram and interacting with the hashtags that are relevant to the interests of your target audience. You have to go out and put yourself in those conversations to get your profile seen, mm -hmm. to get your business seen, because otherwise you can't just post and then hope that the right person's going to see it. You have to get that post in front of the right people. It's almost it's a, like you should be a real person. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just <laughs> going to say something similar. It's it's as if you're building a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really what we're doing. Can you speak to that from a brand perspective and why that's so important, Caitlin? Sure. So most of you guys listening right now, the three of us, the four of us at this table, all sit in very saturated markets. Mm -hmm. um, there's no way around it. There's over 94,000 realtors in the state of Arizona alone. You have to define a personal brand that makes you stand out from the rest. Otherwise, people don't care because they can't find something that is relatable. They want to find some that similarity that they share with you to create that connection. And that's how you stay authentic. And that's how you also join those conversations that Megan was just mentioning, because it's it's super important to stay authentic and genuine. People can see right through that crap now. Mm -hmm. um, having social, you have to have social media. It's like not having a website in two thousand five. <laughs> so you have to figure it out. And you know, if you don't want to do it, just hire Megan. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks. <laughs> and and I, similar question to what I asked Megan. What are some of the mistakes that you see business owners making as it relates to branding? And again, I think that's that could that itself could be an mm. entire segment. Well, aside from being inauthentic, I think it's the fake insta tactics, I'll call right. it. The get rich quick in 30 days MLM scheme. This is the next best best thing because I saw some other girl do it on social media. Well, guess what? No one's marketing plan is the same as yours. So you can't just bop around and expect results because then you're just stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And it doesn't really get you anywhere. If anything, it pushes you backwards, mm -hmm. I'd say. Yeah. So have a plan, have a strategy. Yeah. Ellie, from a PR perspective, what mistakes do you see that are common with business owners and, and how do you help them circumvent that or clean that up? <laughs> I think when it comes to PR publicity, the first thing is some of them don't even know even today, someone said to me, I was talking about the publications in her area, and she said, but does anybody read print anymore? And I said, well, <laughs> all the print is digital now. So people need to realize that. And so a lot of, and not Caitlin, but a lot of digital marketing people will say, we'll put traditional PR down as if we don't go digital. <laughs> so I now I have, I used to say I do traditional PR, and now I have to say I do traditional digital because... Everything goes digital. Mm -hmm. So you get, and that's the great thing about PR, I say, and everything they do too. It's the gift that keeps giving back. You know, there mm -hmm. is no start. Once any three of us start on a campaign, we're there for the long run. Right. And we're handling what they don't have time to or they don't understand. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think. I want to tag off that if I can. You are all in the long game. And, and 
when you work with someone, how hard is it to help them understand that they may not see the fruits of your labor and their labor from the very beginning, right, right, right away, but it just takes time. It, again, it's building a relationship and, and getting to know who they are and creating that, I'm going to say persona for lack of a better word, you might, might uh, change that language for me, but is it easy to help a business owner see that this is really a partnership? <laughs> and, and how does that fall out for you guys? And, and how, do you, how do you help educate folks that this is, to Ellie's point, this is a, this is a, a partnership and this is something that's going to you know, re- take time for us together? I think it took me a while to figure this out, but I would say in our onboarding process, mm, we're really mm-hmm. specific in that now, whereas to where we weren't in the beginning of time. But this isn't just a transactional relationship. This is a personal relationship most of the time. And we don't work with, like I said, the get rich quick in 30 days people or the make money, make a million dollars over you know, an evening. Um, it doesn't work like that. And if you think it works like that, that's fine. But we're probably not the agency for you to work with. When we talk to people in the beginning, I have to know that they're dedicated to the long run. They're dedicated to the process. They're trusting the process. And we ask certain questions now that define that. Because if they can't answer those questions, we probably won't move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often ask, too, what is their idea of success? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, what what do they want to be happening within five months of us working together? What are they expecting to see because, yeah, I've, you know, when, when I started the business, too, I went through plenty of clients who thought, oh, well, it's been 20 days. Why don't I have people calling me 20 times a day? Why don't I have a million followers on Instagram? Yeah. And it, it just it's all a long game. It's and, you know, marketing works together. There's multiple po- multiple parts of it coming together and making each other happen. And so you have to understand that, you know, all of it contributes to brand awareness. You know, if somebody comes in. And they say, well, I've known about you for three years. Well, that's because your marketing has been good. You've had a good brand. They follow you along. They have a reason to keep track of you on social media. Like you're doing something right, but you have to be able to attribute it to that. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy to track that ROI, you know, like a ad campaign or something where you could see the numbers and the clicks Mm -hmm. and where it came from. But those are the things that matter when it comes to marketing. Mm-hmm. It's usually the DIY, what I was mentioning before, the DIY success approach has come to a halt at this point. And I'm sorry, but at the point you are in business, you're not a startup anymore, and you may have been doing the DIY version of things up until this point, but you probably don't have time to do that anymore. And it's making you look like an amateur now because you're sitting there looking at other people that are more successful than you because they've invested in a marketing agency that can help them schedule the month of content that you would have skipped otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. And if you are doing doing it yourself, you're likely not making money doing the thing that you really are right. wanting to make money with. Are you working in or on the business? Right. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Ellie, talk to us a little bit about the difference between PR and advertising. You spoke to the difference between or the, the, com- the connection between publicity and PR. Where does advertising fit into this and how is that different? Um, I think if people have the budget for it, um, advertising's great. Uh, PR stands out more. PR creates a lot more trust. Paid PR is called earned media. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to do both. And I do tell my clients, if you're already paying for advertising in a certain publication, um, I want to get you some write-ups. So with PR, basically, I'm going to write about them. 
and I'm going to try to find the most compelling story about that person and that company, and I'm going to pitch it to the media, and they're going to pick up a story. So that's really what it is about. It's a story that's compelling enough for their audience to want to read it. And that's what really, for me, has always worked. That's what gets me, my clients, um, PR. PR is a long run, but like with my last client, I had her in three important publications for her area in one month. So PR is very, it's not linear. You know, something can happen. For example, I had a doctor, um, a child psychiatrist, and then when the school uh, shooting happened in Florida, I just turned around and got him to talk about that and talk about children and what's happening and signs to look for. And we got quite a bit. That's called news hacking. But in general, you want to put together a campaign and always have something that you're rolling out. And the thing I always start with is telling a good story about the company and the person. And I think a good PR person finds that story and is able to write about it. And I've always been a writer first. So I love writing and I love finding the story. Um, And then advertising is something where, you know, They used to say you had to see an ad five times. I think now it's 15 times to really be stuck Mm. in your mind. Mm -hmm. But if you do a good um, story, it creates trust. I mean, my clients get business right away when a a good story comes out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of man hours. Yeah. From the um, B2B perspective, let's spend a few minutes talking about LinkedIn and uh, your perspective around positioning people with branding, and LinkedIn is obviously social media, but also <laughs> I see Caitlin handing it over to <laughs> Megan. Can we talk a little bit about LinkedIn? Yeah, let's have Megan start, and then we'll chime in there. Yeah. Well, so LinkedIn is, it's just a funny world right now because it, it's my favorite social media account because it's the one that's, rem- that's remained professional for the most part. Um, but you know, we all get those like spammers in our inbox. Those, I mean, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. The guys who are like, oh. anyway, 40 paragraphs. Yeah. My book. <laughs> yeah. Or they just, they don't know anything about you and they're like, Hey, let's book a call. Like, why would I book a call? Who are you? Why? I got not too long ago, back to back, almost the same language. Um, hey, looks like you've got a really neat business. Have you ever thought about podcasting? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you didn't look at all at my LinkedIn profile oh. or link or click on the link to my my business. Happens. I'm like, ouch. Yeah. yeah you completely swung and, and missed the ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much of that. But the bottom line is LinkedIn uh, is remaining the place where for at least people in B2B, you can directly find your target audience very well. You can search job titles and find the actual decision makers. And so you can, I I would encourage you, yes, to send those connection requests and yes, to make those direct message outreaches, but do it strategically. Just don't be one of those guys, you know, like have, have an actual personalized message. Always have a add a note to your connection request that explains at least who you are or why you're reaching out. And then make sure to have like an actual offer that is easy to take action on, whether it has a link or has some sort of urgency too. If you're saying, you know, we're trying to work with three companies this month and yours is a perfect fit for this reason. Mm. You know, that's how you want to go about things and try and ask questions too that will encourage them to respond 
Um, you mainly just want to use those kinds of tips to personalize your campaign because I would encourage people to, you know, use LinkedIn for lead gen. There's so many opportunities for it, especially when sales navigator is like a hundred bucks a month. Like you better put it to use if you're going to invest in that. So do it right. You know, use those tips, um, and just be personalized about it. And, Complement that too by posting to your page with content that helps brand you as a thought leader or an expert in your industry. Mm-hmm. Share any articles or media that you've been featured in. Share that stuff to your profile because that's mm-hmm. going to complement your whole strategy and people are going to see you're a legitimate human being who does these things in the community and that they can trust you. Mm. And it also helps if someone else writes an article for you mm-hmm. or about you. Yeah. And then before all of this, to your point, you have to have a brand to establish. So optimize that profile first, do all the basics that you might need, and then also create that avatar or persona that uh, we help create for you so you can know who to look for on that sales navigator. Mm-hmm. On that note, what is kind of the biggest bang for the buck when it comes to branding? Is there? I would say that having a strategy. It's, yeah. it's super simple. And sticking to it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not everyone's favorite thing. I I usually say people don't start a business for financial reasons. Well, to do finance for yourself or do marketing for yourself. So we can do that. (laughs) And if you just strategize something to our point earlier about creating the content on a monthly basis or a six-month process, um, when you have uh, that strategy down, you can apply it to all forms of marketing, PR, social media, branding, whatever you think fits in your equation. Um, and then it works better because all of these things are complementing each other. And when you, if I talk to you in person and then see you online, I want to know that those person, those people are matching, right? And I love to say it and don't hate me realtors, but come on with your 20-year-old headshots. Let's go. Yes. Get a new headshot. You don't look like that anymore. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> don't wanna... catfish your clients. Exactly. And so I think if you match everything in the digital space as you do in person, um, it helps people connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I do speaking engagements. The first thing – I'm standing in front of you in, in the flesh – First thing you're going to go home and do is look me up on Instagram. So that better match. And you better right. see my face. Right. And so well, you know that yeah. it's the right person. <laughs> one of one of the greatest compliments that I get on occasion is, oh, my gosh, you look and sound like and act like exactly who I see on social media. Yes. That to me is a huge compliment. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. That I really pride myself on being authentic mm-hmm. and being my brand, and so it's great that translates. I will share another story. You prompted something, Caitlin, when we were upstairs. A client of mine had introduced me to uh, a professional <clears throat> a gentleman, and he had been telling me for a couple of weeks, I can't wait for him to come. He's going to be in the space, and I can't wait for him to meet him. When he intru- introduced me, I was genuinely looking forward to meeting him, and I said, so tell me, you know, I knew the name of the company. Tell me what you do, and he said, oh, you're going to have to Google it. And I, I was so shocked. I stood there and I and I looked at my client and I thought, well, I'm just going to risk being vulnerable and authentic. And, I'm, and I said something to the effect like, well, you're standing right here in front of me, to your point, Caitlin, <laughs> literally in front of me, you know, we're, we're connecting. Now, now, is, 
Now is yeah. the time. He needs a PR person. Yeah. And I and I and, and he a branding he, person. And he yeah. and he wouldn't budge. And I said, well, and he handed me his business card. And I said to him, I guarantee you, I will not take the time yeah. to go look you up online. Good for you. And and yeah. I walked away. And uh, you know, I. <laughs> it was that a sense of arrogance or I'm right. more important than you or I've done so many things in my life. And and I don't typically find offense to that. Usually I, I give a lot of grace, but it was so odd. Like, yeah. have we really lost a sense of being with each other and in person that, and this was even before the pandemic. So it was just strange. I'm not trying to play games. Like, yeah. I, I, just yeah. tell me what you do. That, I'm also, genuinely interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, now's the time. Like, now's your 15 minutes of fame. Right. This happened to me a couple of months ago, too. And this guy was all over me. Like, and you know, it was it was it was borderline creepy, but he was complimentary in a, in a less <laughs> creepy way, I guess. But he would not tell me what he did in person. Yeah. And I'm like, this must be I, a new trend. It's not. This is and an doesn't work for, no. And doesn't work for anybody. <laughs> no, is it working? Wise, you have to know your elevator pitch. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I've done so many different things in my life. I understand what he was or what a person that does that might be feeling if people are completely analyzing you by what you do. But you do, yeah, business-wise, you do need to have your elevator pitch. You need to be able to tell people at least what your passion is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, that, like, screams red flag skeeziness. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Or it screams pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. This isn't Amway. Come on now. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not that Amway's a bad company. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Caitlin's like, okay. (laughs) Um, I would love to have each of you share, and we'll start with Ellie, if you don't mind, what, you've all been at this for a, a while, and you're really good and known at what you do. What would you say sets you apart from others? What is kind of your your sweet spot and, and why you know you're doing the right work for your clients? Well, with what I do, it's pretty obvious because I get them in the news. And so a lot of them, their sales go up right away. So that's kind of a good, you know, we could still talk about KPIs and spend all this time on them. I don't do that that much. And maybe that's why I'm traditional. I really spend my time trying to get my clients in the news. But when it comes to finding a client, since we have been at this for a while, we have to get more and more picky. Mm -hmm. And I think all three of us, when you were saying, um, what's the biggest bang for your buck? I was thinking hiring us three because we did (laughs) not charge enough in the beginning (laughs) and we still don't charge that much. You know, and if you could find people like us, like when you're people like us are kind of like we're solo workers, but now we're merging our efforts and we don't charge nearly as much as the big corporations. So we have to be really picky about our time Mm -hmm. and what clients we want to represent and really ask for what they can't afford to pay because that's, I mean, all my clients have been different. And I think all of you guys have different clients in different industries. Mm So Mm -hmm. it's really finding someone that you, for me, a lot of it is personality and match with. I love having a client Mm -hmm. that's fun and upbeat no matter what their business is. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer the question? (laughs) I think think so. I think think the more, and and I'm thinking of something Caitlin had said earlier as well, the more you hone your craft, the more clear you become about your gifts and the skill set and the expertise that you have, 
the better your intake <laughs> becomes so that you can weed out perhaps some of the people that it, it may not be a good fit from the very beginning and also get very particular and strategic from the very beginning about what we're going to work on, how it's going to happen. Megan, you said something similar as well. Like, you know, I need to know your goals so that we can reach those together. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's a great way to describe how you guys specifically, Ellie, um, approach the work that you do with your clients. How about either of you? What is your sweet spot? And, and um, you know, when you know you've done a good job for a client when they say X, Y, Z, and you think, oh, that's you know, I don't think anybody else does it quite like we do. Yeah. I, for me, you know, I, what's always set me apart when I started the business, I took what I knew I was good at. And in my case, that was creative writing and out of the box marketing campaign ideas. And so I think that that's the level of personalization that we offer. And when people start to notice that, or, you know, even just little comments like, huh, never thought of that. You know, I consider that a win because that that tells me that I'm doing what I originally started this for and what it's all about. And, you know, when it comes to hiring for social media in particular, I think people usually go one of three ways. They could either have an intern or their front desk person do it, which can work out great. Um, but if you do that, you have to accept you're taking on now like a managerial role or you have to supervise them. It is more work for you. So if you don't want to do that, then don't do that. You could hire an employee for social media, but employees are expensive and mm-hmm. they're risky. There's turnover and there's training involved and there's a lot of onboarding. And if they are with you for three months and then they leave, then you've just lost a bunch of money and you got to start your social media strategy over again. And so they also, if you have, let's say, a marketing manager or director of marketing and you add social media onto their plate, well, now they're burnt out and they've Mm -hmm. got you know, the email campaigns and, oh, by the way, can you do the website and this and that? And can you do our PR? Can you do our logo? And no one person can do that all. And so when people recognize, for me, it's a win when people recognize like, oh, you've got a team, there's multiple parts working here and you're considering all of the factors Mm -hmm. and it's starting to work and they're starting to see how it all works together. That's a win. Mm -hmm. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, they definitely have to trust the process. Yes. I have a similar answer in the sense of we also put our customers through a questionnaire when we do logo development. And when we do logo development, you are working with me. And so this series of questions is actually designed to vet you, but also make you feel comfortable and confident in what's about to happen next. Like I'm trying to make your vision come to life. And so I expect you to be transparent and Tell me everything. Tell me more than everything. Um, I want to know it all. That way I can put it on paper and we can take it to the next level. But I also get the comment of, wow, I didn't think about it that way. And when that Mm -hmm. happens, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there it is. There it is. That's why I asked the question, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't use the question for the first two years. And now I think, how did I not? Yeah. You know, that's the first thing they get when they acquire is a questionnaire. Right. And don't don't just, yeah, don't just email it to them. Do it with them in person. I always Mm -hmm. find it works better. That's a good idea. I haven't done that. Mm Because it's a good chance, too, for them to tell you exactly what they want to get out of this. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, if they come back later and say, well, I didn't see this. Well, you never said anything about it. You got to have that in the questionnaire. You got to use that opportunity to tell us what you're hoping to get out of the Mm -hmm. whole experience together. I also phrase the questions differently. So there's 
a handful of questions that are the same on that questionnaire, just worded differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some... they can't answer them, and some the other ones they can. So I still get what I need out You're of so it. You're so smart. <laughs> well, and that's, that's, that's like those personality assessments, right? right? It's right. not unsimilar. We ask a set of questions to get to know somebody um, psychologically mm-hmm. and their learning style or their speaking style, whatever it is, and you've got to answer it, or excuse me, ask it several different yeah. ways. That's brilliant. It's very mm-hmm. direct. Like, you have to be direct in the questionnaire because, honestly, I want this to be a personal relationship. All of our clients I'm excited to work for. I want I want to be your friend. And here's my rule. If we can't have a drink together, we probably won't work together. <laughs> I, I, wanna nice. be, I wanna be business besties in all the ways. And and need to be, especially if you're an extension of their brand. Right. Yeah. Right. I met one of my clients in a restaurant. Did you? <laughs> nice. Yep. Sitting next to each other at the bar, having yep. dinner. Yeah, but again, that goes back to what we said early on around community and and collaboration, connecting, getting to Uh know real people. I bet that wouldn't have happened if one of you had said, I'm not going to tell you what I do for a living. You're going to have to Google it. Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. For everyone listening, that doesn't go over well. Yeah. No. I don't know where that would. Confidence. Confidence is key. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about where do I want to go next? Social media, Megan, Caitlin had said that you cannot not be on social media right now. I know you're going to nod your head and agree. (laughs) And you talked a little bit about LinkedIn being your favorite platform. Is there, do we have to be on all the platforms? Um, What would you recommend around social media? We we, We know we need to be there. We know we need a strategy. We know that it isn't something that that we ought to be doing ourselves if we're professional because we need mm-hmm. to be working on the things that we're we're in business for. How would you speak to somebody who has been holding on tightly to their social media and and or, and or not doing it? What would you encourage them to do and where would you encourage them to start? I know that's kind of a broad stroke. Yeah, I get that question a lot actually is uh what platforms do I need to be on and Typically, I I never advise all of them. And a lot of people have come to me and said, oh, well, TikTok's all the rage, so I should be doing that, right? I'm like, no, don't, like, for what you do, there's, don't even bother. I don't want to do your TikTok. Like, let's not go there. Um, But it really depends on what you're trying to do. So a good place to start is to just ask yourself the question, where, as a business, where is my target audience hanging out? Mm-hmm. Are they 65 plus? Go to Facebook. Are they millennials? Go to Instagram. Are you marketing to Gen Z? Then we can start talking about TikTok. Or are you B2B? Let's go to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So start there. Um, I think Facebook, it's important at a bare minimum to at least have a Facebook business page. Even so, though you just said that the minimum, no, I'm kidding. I'm not quoting you. I, I saw Caitlin smile when you said 65. I'm getting really close to that, and I am all around Facebook. So at least I'm, I'm hitting the zone. Yeah, it's yeah. well, and it's it's. I say that because that's the fastest growing group on Facebook right now. I believe is that. the 65 plus mm-hmm. audience. Like there's, they're all over there, and I see that when I go on there personally. Yeah. But, you know, if that's who you're marketing to, that's the place to be. But, yeah, I mean, I always just tell people, like, where, what is your audience doing when they're scrolling through their phones or on their desktop computer at 6 p.m. tonight? You know, what platforms are they hanging out on? And then, you know, have, if you're a business, you should have a LinkedIn company page because it's an extra layer of legitimacy and trust that you're building there. Mm -hmm. 
And if you have the scheduling tools, you can easily send your content out to all of those platforms. But think about which platform is doing the most for you in terms of reaching your target audience. And if you're going to go deeper into a strategy or put more effort into one, go into that one. I would go farther than that, too. And once you figure out where those people are, figure out what time they're on the platform. Yeah, Yeah. that's important, huh? Well, if you have a avatar persona that you figured out, you know what they do for a living. And so if you're a teacher, you know they're probably not going to be on Facebook at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I don't know what time kids go to school now, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a dog, not children. <laughs> Ellie, uh, when somebody comes to you and they're ready to have you get them on TV or have an article written about those sort of thing, and they don't have brand in place, or, or does that happen <laughs> where you have folks come to you and they say, I, you know, I really feel like I need some help with PR and, and, and you go kind of look, you look them up and you get a feel for what they're doing. How often is it that they don't have brand in place? And then how, um, where do you go from there? Do you say, you know, until you have this, I can't work with you. How does, how does that work for you? Um, I usually help them with that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, it's, that's something that um, I don't even list as one of the things I do. And Caitlin does it fully professionally, I kind of do it to help them along. Mm -hmm. So for me, a big part of branding is your tagline. If they have a horrible tagline, I just, I really, um, for some reason, I love taglines. Sometimes (laughs) when I'm driving, I'm thinking of them all the time. (laughs) But so I do help them with branding, but it's kind of just thrown in so that we have something to put out there that people will remember. Mm -hmm. But I do find a lot of clients that don't have branding. And now I have really Caitlin to refer them I was to. just going to yeah. say, the three of you make a, dy- a dynamic trio mm-hmm. as you can, you know, cross-reference and support each other and, and send clients to each other. It's dynamic. You each have your sweet spot and your area of expertise. Were you, mm-hmm. I cut you off, I think, Caitlin. Oh, uh, no, I was just going to agree. But I was going to say that's surprising that you find so many clients without branding because that's the first thing I think of when you have a TV commercial because I make mm-hmm. fun of them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know by the jingle or yeah. the tagline or the imagery yeah. that it's from a certain company. So it's, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, let's ha- let our listeners and viewers know where to stay in touch with you. Hopefully, you've got your branding down and you're out there in digital media and all that good stuff. So let's just go around the table. We'll start with Ellie. How do folks stay in touch with you? And what's the what's the first place to start as far as building a relationship to see if you're someone who can help us with PR? I would say they can go to my um, Facebook page, Creating Buzz PR. Right now, I would say they could go to my website, which they can, creatingbuzzpr.com, but it's being rebuilt. And so also LinkedIn definitely would probably be the best way to reach out to me. And the conversation, uh, is there an intake form or just reach out? How does that work just to see even, you know, entertain the idea of working together? Yeah, they can just reach out to me through there. I think my cell phone is even still on my <laughs> on mm-hmm. my webpage. But um, that would probably be the fastest and easiest way. Awesome. Thank you. Megan, how about you? Yeah, my website is also being redesigned pretty soon. 
Um, but people can get in touch with me, of course, on social media. Um, Ooh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our, our name is Backcourt Marketing and Backcourt, like the backcourt on a basketball team. We are here to assist you, defend your brand, and help you score. So that's what mm. that's all about. Love it. Yeah. Um, but you could find us there. on. We're on Instagram, Backcourt Marketing. Um, search Megan Ferguson on LinkedIn. Well, there's probably a lot of Megan Ferguson's, actually. And then Facebook, we're there too. But you could email me at team at backcourtmarketing.com too. And usually our first step is just going to be chatting on the phone for 15 minutes. Tell me about your business. Um, I have a link to that on my website on backcourtmarketing.com where you could put in your social media links and I will take a look at them. And before the call, I'll have some tips for you and things that we could start working on Mm -hmm. right away. Love it. Caitlin, how about you? Well, 2024 is obviously the year of redesigning your websites. Are you doing yeah. the same? So same. Oh wow! And, um, and I just finished. I just finished mine. It's only See? been seven years Yay. in consideration. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> ridiculous. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I did say to my my web designer, I'm like, please tell me I won the award because if I'm going to win any award, it I, it's not the one I want to win. But at least that you know, I was the longest <laughs> client that you waited for to get all the stuff to you. Oh He's like, no, you. And he didn't wait seven years, but it was almost about nine months me getting him everything he needed. Yeah. I'm extraordinarily busy and I and as important as it was, mm. it just took me forever because I was having a hard time writing, which is why the three of you are so important for business owners. I tried to do it myself. Mm. Anyway, so not the award I wanted to win and nor did I because he said no, people have taken a lot long, a lot longer. So, sorry to steal your no, thunder. No, that's interesting because <laughs> when that happens, we just put some time on your calendar and bang down your front door and then I just hack your computer oh. and take all your files and make it happen. I, I need some I need someone like you in my life. Yes. I, I in There's fact, a way. I, I do tell my teammate, you know, to, this week you're babysitting me. You're going to have to really hold my feet to the fire. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. And now I find that they put appointments on my calendar and I have no idea what I'm showing up for, but I am showing up because I'm available and then they just sit and they wait till I get things done. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I I love it. So Caitlin, tell us how we can find you um, and what's the best way to get started to see if we are a good fit for you. Sure. So you can look us up, uh, Copper Theory Creative. We're on all social media platforms. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram is probably the most used. And I would encourage you just to email me. Again, I love to have I love to have the conversation. So it's hello at coppertheorycreative.com. So copper like the state of Arizona, theory like scientific theory and creative because I am. So <laughs> and your last name is Penny, which so is made of copper. Caitlin Did that Penny. come oh, into yeah. the? Oh my gosh! There's a whole four months. Talk about a long time of deciding the name of your business. And how um, long? I, I've known about you and your business. We mm-hmm. we talked before we came on air. Um, we just kind of run in the same circles. And it's the first, and I've known Copper Theory Creative for a while. But it's the first time we went. Oh, Penny Copper. Penny, copper. <laughs> I got it. It took lot. me a while. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought it was obvious, but... Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it took me no, a while. No, no, no. You're not the only one that said that. That's why. Well, copper is the state of Arizona in which we live in. Yeah. We also have the five C's, which copper is one of them. Yeah. Penny is my last name, but I wasn't about to put Penny creative because everyone thought they were getting something for free. Right. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of psychology and meaning behind copper, periodic table, gods, elements activating your inner eye, creativity, 
it's used, it's, the main reason I use copper is because it's a very versatile element. Mm. So think not only in design, but fashion, wiring, construction, gaming. Copper is in just about every part of every industry. So we work with a lot of different industries. We're pretty agnostic to that. So I chose copper instead. And, and color theory is a class that you can take in, to get your BFA in fine arts and graphic design. And I did that. And it talks a lot about the psychology behind color. So there's a reason why McDonald's is red and yellow and a steakhouse is black. So I did, instead of color theory, I did copper theory. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I love, love it. That. Hello oh. at <laughs> coppertheorycreative.com. I love it. I'm <laughs> glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you had an opportunity to share that. Thank you. Before we close out, go ahead. Um, I forgot to shoot out my email. So oh, it's Elizabeth at Creating Buzz PR. Oh, perfect. Excellent. And Creating Buzz speaks for itself, but is there any more to the the name that you want to share with us? You know, there really isn't. I was just happy I got it. Mm -hmm. Well, it speaks for for itself, right? Boy, that's always amazing, too, the few times that I go to look up a URL and and hope that that's there. And what a delight when it's Mm -hmm. no one's snagged it. Yeah, you should see how many I have there. I'm not doing anything with. Oh, I do that, too. I come up with ideas and just Mm-hmm. Go buy the URL. Yep. And then a the year or two later, do- I'd let it drop. I'm like, yeah, I never use that. I'll let it go. <laughs> Check and see and see how much they're worth. Sometimes some, some gem. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> I've got a couple that are, are I'm not ready to let go yet. And I watch the price go up each time. And nice. so at some point, yeah, I'll do Good something job. with it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, before we uh, end the segment today, I would love to take you back to early you. I don't know if it's elementary mm-hmm. school. It's it's high school years um, or in your 20s. Was there someone in your life, either who you knew personally or maybe an author or somebody in you know, that we all looked up to that really you feel like helped shaped who you are today professionally and the way in which you show up ethically on behalf of your clients and customers? So I'm lobbing that question at you without any um, you know preset, which often we have with some of the format for the, the conversation. And I'm very curious, each of you are so dynamic and diverse in addition to creative and super smart. So who could you give a shout out to that helped you become the you that you are today? And I'll just let any one of you start. Hmm. I'm going to say my mom because, you know, I grew up watching her become an entrepreneur herself. Um, She's a family law attorney. She opened up her own practice. And so I grew up like as a young five-year-old watching her go through taking the bar exam and doing all of that. And so I kind of it put like a subconscious idea in the back of my mind that I was always going to do something similar or be a business owner of some sort. Um, and a lot of my family members are entrepreneurs, too. I have an uncle who owns a construction business and a painter uncle. And, you know, a lot of us have that fire in us and we don't tend to make good employees. And that's a, a good thing. I, I consider it a good quality. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. Thank you for starting us off. Mm-hmm. OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to go that route as well, actually. So I was going to say my parents. Hmm. They weren't the entrepreneurial type. My mom's a teacher. My dad's an engineer. So not quite. Uh, But what they did do is art had always played a big part in my life, still does. I paint, draw, do all the things in addition to digital. But when I was younger, I'm from New Jersey. And if I was going to do art, they had a very traditional mindset of what a career should look like. And that wasn't it. (laughs) So I was then entered into every art and wall contest that you can imagine, every art school after school. And if I was going to do this, I was going to do this right. And they taught me a lot of my values that I, that I hold true to today. 
And so I have them to thank and to push me and to criticize me and all of the things that, you know, your parents usually do. But in in the sense of, okay, well, if you're going to do this, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What age level or what kind of uh, teaching did your mom do? She now works with uh, kids that have developmental disabilities and helps them tutor them, the IEP kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, And how about when you were growing up when you were younger? We had a daycare out of our house, essentially. Oh, wow. So I grew up with everyone else's kids. Well, and I, I was listening for that because you said your dad was an engineer. Yes. And you mentioned that you're all things science, but also have this incredible creative side. Clearly, of course, you're the branding gal. I'm a former educator myself, third grade oh. teacher and assistant principal for Kyrene School District. So I sensed that it was earlier education, and boy, was it ever. Yeah, if you wow. had a, a daycare in your home. Oh, man. You just blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Ellie, how about you? Who was an influence for you? I would have to say family. I guess in the long run, it was my father. He opened his own practice. But I also grew up on the East Coast and had a huge family. So I think the ethics came from that. You know, when you have a a couple of like aunts and uncles and tons of cousins, you have to, people will call you on your stuff mm-hmm. if you're like a brat or this and that. And there's just a sense of fairness that you grew up with. And then, yeah, I think, you know, when I started painting when I was really young, I kind of remember always growing up with an easel because I was painting on the floorboards in our house. So then I kind of switched to writing, I guess, around fourth grade. I brought home, they asked us to write a paper on something like one of our parents, and I got an A, and I never really thought about writing that much. But after that, I realized, you know, once I went to college and then I went to UCLA Screenwriters Extension, that's where I really realized that I'm a naturally good writer Mm -hmm. and I just love it. Mm. So, yeah, but I would say probably my father. Yeah. And the East Coast family. All the fams. All all the fams. (laughs) Well, it has been a great joy to connect with each of you today. A couple of you, Ellie has been on with us before as well. But for Caitlin and I, even though we've been crossing, our first opportunity to really get to know each other. So thank you again for spending part of your day with us. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 